welcome to After Buzz's Genius After Show. It's chapter three, and whoo, a whole lot of emotional stuff went down this week. Stay tuned to find out what happened. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, welcome back to a rather somber episode of Genius. <laughs> Nothing quite like, uh... Life and death and birth and debt yes. to get you started in the morning. <laughs> uh, I'm Joel Monique, your host. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at blackgirlmarriage.com. And this is my wonderful panel. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Louisa Sharamatian, and you can find me everywhere at Nobody Reads Anymore. Hi, everybody. My name is Elizabeth Alfano, and you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Dinner Party CHGO. And I'm the only one on the planet who still uses Facebook, but I'm there too at Elizabeth Alfano. How you doing, guys? My name is Zach Silverman. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Zach with the CH Silverman, too. All right, guys. I'm super excited for today's episode. Super excited to have Louisa here yeah. to complete our panel. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah, that's you so exciting. The book, Louisa. Is it yes, true? Yes, I am. Okay, and I know you've just started, but yes. first impressions. Honestly, if someone doesn't have a physics background, it's so relatable. He breaks it down. Even the cast members, the characters, it's so relatable to Einstein and his personal life. I mean, Walter Isaacson, his genius by, by himself. <laughs> so I'm excited to finish it. Very cool. It sounds like we've been talking about uh, a lot these past few weeks about how relatable the show is and how they break down physics, which, yep. as we know, I don't do the science. Zach's got a little bit either. of background. He's helping us out along the way. I do. Patching in the information I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> it's okay. Good. They're, they're really good at breaking it down and making it accessible to everyone. I don't want to waste too much time at the top of the show uh, talking about feelings and stuff because we have an amazing guest, but I'm not going to tell yes. you until the guest is ready. Yeah. Uh, so let's just jump right into Albert, uh, who is trying to make some money. Yeah. Trying to make and money. Struggling. Our poor Albert. Uh, yeah. He's actually trying to tutor. He's going around town putting up signs mm-hmm. because nobody will hire before him. Before we even get to tutoring, he's following the very basic outliers of like, what you know, okay, I've graduated and now I see my applications. I'm going to be a teacher. Teacher and yep. his other friends have gotten jobs already. He smartest man, mm-hmm. smartest man in the world, and he can't get a job. So yeah. don't feel bad, guys. But, but it has to do with his professor. I do not like that guy. Oh no! Yeah, no man. Ah, I, the things I would do to him. I just, <laughs> not dead. in a good way. Not Let sexual. me show. Not sexual. <laughs> no, I mean. Not. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this show's just started. Um, no, I mean. <laughs> You know, we knew this was going to come. We knew, you know, the professor said, there's going to come a day when yep. you're going to ask me for help, and mm-hmm. I'm going to turn you away. And He said he would. You know what? I'm sorry. you got to put your ego away. Because, like, all he's living in is, uh, he was talking about his character. What about my character? You know, what's it going to say to my character if I give you a recommendation? And it's kind of like, you know what? You're the old. Mm-hmm. In with the new. You know? Like, he has his progressive yeah, movement. we didn't ask uh, Albert to do the same thing. <laughs> we didn't ask him to put away his ego last episode, and he... Skipping class, not right. following the rules. He wasn't being responsible Fair. as a student. It's sign enough. of the times, so, yeah. too. I mean, he knows yeah. that there is a game to be played, and Albert's not playing it. Yeah. So he's getting a little bit smacked upside the head. Mm-hmm. But he kind of could have seen this coming. He was literally word by word forewarned by the professor. <laughs> yeah. so. He, he really said, was. It would look, it would look yeah. bad to my reputation if I recommend you. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I think that's why he wants to teach him a lesson. It's just, it's so bad. It's 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 horrible because even when he went in that one, the one interview that he had, mm-hmm. the guy yeah. was like, 
you're the most qualified person here. Oh. And it was because of the professor who gave him a bad uh, recommendation, mm-hmm. who's like, sorry, we can't employ you. Yeah, we don't trust you. And then daddy to the rescue. Yes. I was going to yes. ask you guys, how did you feel about Mr. Einstein sending that letter of help? Well, I could see from Albert, his perspective, that of course this would be god-awful. Mortifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mortifying, mortifying, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I really thought, you know, his father had such a cold heart towards him for such a long time, mm-hmm. and this really showed that, in the end, his father was able to put his ego aside and mm. really help his son when it came down to Struggling it. So. It's a little yes. bit of a foreshadow, though. Like, cause when right. I was watching the episode, I didn't... Uh, it, it took me off guard that first he sent a letter. I'm like, oh, wow, why, why would he do that? And right. I thought maybe he's, like, trying to, like, not backstab him, but mm. in a way, kind of... Um, get his professor to really send him to just go home and, like, be with his family kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But then... I mean, later in the episode, we find out why he sent it, and I'm just like, oh, God, it broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, this Let's is... just follow through with that through line yeah, of I mean, his death. Uh, Albert's dad dies in this episode, and it is perhaps one of the most emotional and surprising death scenes ever. What really caught me off guard was when he was like, I'd like to die alone. Yes. Leave and me now so I can die alone. So, it yes. was so beautiful what? because he, he gave Albert the blessing mm. to marry Mileva, and yeah. I actually wrote down a favorite quote that, well, the main quote of the scene that is just so beautiful. He said, Albert, you're a complex soul. If you find a woman who will abide with your peculiarities, marry her yes. and that's what he actually did he, yes. he ran to the train station and he wants to put a ring on it mm. yes and so interesting that they decide to do that after the baby yep. passes so w- one thing I was going to say about the funeral scene with the father is poor Albert he has two deaths at once oh, yeah, that's and that's so, so yeah. sad. overwhelming fans if you're listening uh, and you know if that's historically accurate can you please let me know it was yes. great television drama but I'm like there's okay. no way you find out the same day your dad is buried that, that I want to talk, I wanna talk about baby. that real quick because the way that I guess the writer or the directors are portraying I'm sorry Albert is just like they're not portraying him to be a stand up guy at all mm-hmm. and I'm sorry like in the Jewish culture first off if someone dies you have to sit shiva sitting shiva mm-hmm. means you have to sit for 7 days in in right. remembrance of these of the the person who passed so he has 7 days where he has to sit where he can't go see Maleva also the times there's no text messaging hey my mm-hmm. baby died you know yeah. you know there's write you a letter a week later or so, like so all hard. these things, and wow. he has to choose between his father and this child that he kind of didn't yeah. really even know. And it's he no well, job. he doesn't find out too, until yeah. the, his father's already passed and they're already sitting. Shiva, he doesn't mm-hmm. get the note about the baby. Historically speaking, though, at least from what I've read, and also shout out to everybody because I'd like mm-hmm. to know if anyone has the absolute fact. It's unclear if the baby died or was given up. Oh, so, oh. Yes, so is this just a twist that so they're kind of... I don't of, think it's, it's proven until this It hasn't day. been yeah. proven to this day. Yeah. So it's uncertain if the baby did that they die. Go with and the then, death. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what they wrote in. But perhaps mm. the baby was given mm. up because Maleva, as we yep. see, of course, continues to have her yes. desire for her own life, which is because at one point she considers giving up the baby. Oh, yeah. she asked her best friend. She's yeah. like, would you and take over? And then she takes it back. She's she's having emotional we'll emotions. We'll get to the later. We'll get to the later. All over the place. Juicy. But... So, yeah, so his, his father passes. He does have to wait and sit. I think that maybe Maleva writes that the baby is sick. Um, and yeah. that's why he. she's like, why didn't you come? I get that line later. She's kind of blaming him. Mm-hmm. I think that he didn't right. come when the baby was sick, and that's her uh, hold up. So uh, let's go back to him trying to make money. So we see him fail uh, at getting a teacher's job. His professor is yeah. not going to help him. Um then he's trying to tutor. As he said, Elizabeth, he's he's putting up the flyers. Everyone's like, this is a new law. Yeah. What are you doing? Albert. Trying to make Albert. money. And then for that kid to be such a 
chick. Oh yeah, my god. He hit him on he hit him on a few levels. Yeah. Like, oh, you're Jewish, aren't you? Okay, I'm gonna get you in that yeah. one. And then how do you, you fornicate? Yeah, you right. look yeah. Jewish. Are you circumcised? Yeah, right. all yeah. those things. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. That's like so, how that, old is he? But that <laughs> to me on. says it is so pervasive. And we're in mm-hmm. 1901. 1901. Are we? So yes. we've got 30 years Ooh, of hatred coming yeah. down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. It goes because the first world war hasn't even happened yet, right? Which is not an anti-Semitic war. No, mind. it's no. after the war right. though that the Germans, the war, that uh, the Germans use them as a scapegoat. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yes, they're from their own destitution. But yeah. so that just shows you in early 1900s that the hatred is pervasive. That obviously mm-hmm. that's he's been taught that this child. Yeah, he's been taught. We that even see that with um, with uh, the other professor, Philip. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, we'll, we'll get to Philip. We'll get to too. Philip. Okay. Uh, so, right. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we see him get fired from that job because he's teaching the kid in ways that we now know is very. Uh, it's great to teach kids this way. It, it's instead of teaching them first the equation, mm-hmm. we teach them why they need to know the equation, yes. and then that way they can find a different way in. And Albert thinks that this is the best way to help this kid learn. His father is like he doesn't know the thing he's supposed to know. Yeah. This and, is beyond. And this the kid said, him. "I want to basically learn about women." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and actually, Albert and, said his great quote that I wrote down again. Because Albert can <laughs> speak to women as well. He's like, he basically said, give me a chance. He said, if you indulge me, I'll show you that mathematics is as elegant as the finest of women. And just like women, it might feel intimidating at first, but the truth is anyone can do it. Yeah. And the dad got mad, said, you're supposed to teach my son how to pass algebra. You know, you're, you're taking a big risk, and he got fired. You know, yeah. it's you know it's interesting. This is the second time they associated uh, women, sex, with science and math. Yes. 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 In the beginning, in the beginning, so uh, with the car, he was making fun of his friend. That's He's like, right. hey, it's the first time you got something hot and bothered. I love that. <laughs> it was so cool. I really liked that moment. And then we have the Olympia Club, which is really mm. dope. Yeah. Basically, Albert gets a uh, different type of tutor, and he's uh, tutoring uh, basically like a... A bande vivante. Yes. yes. I was going to call him a dilettante, but that's usually a word reserved for women, but if he feels a little <laughs> like a dilly, he's, he's like, fishy. I'm just like, yes. you know, he's yeah. a dandy. And, and I think yeah. Zach, yes. Zach compared him to, I think, Hemingway. Hemingway, oh, Fitzgerald, absolutely. that think group that they had together. Yeah. And it was around the same time, right? I think Hemingway guy in the face, but I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Fair attitude. Yeah. The bohemian thing that you could just keep talking about. This whole show has that. And it's it's the change of this rigidness of like we this is how we've always known life to be and granted it's the turn of the century 1901 Mm. you know the change happens it's Mm -hmm. nice I love it it's cool it's really cool and he teaches them about sound in this really beautiful scene about how sound travels waves and all of that so well done I I want to take this chance to do a shout out again to Minky Spiro because I did (laughs) this all of last episode but she does such incredible things with editing and with light Mm -hmm. and with sound and the way they approached that is so beautiful that even the four of us can understand yeah. of it. how yeah. waves travel mm. through space through and time. Space and time yeah. and then that great question at the end of like, okay, but why do waves need to travel through something? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. No, but but I will find like, out. But get says. back to me and I'll let you know. Yeah. Yes. So yes. we get them all together. Uh, they decide to form the Olympia Club, which is, again, very bohemian. It's about very sex and women, women and all these other things, which is super awesome. Um, Except that it's it's really kind of drawing his attention, and his friends don't want him to. They're like, I like how nobody wants this baby to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Everybody like, and no, every, everybody about wants it. Albert. Yes. Yeah. Albert's mother, um, Albert's mother, Albert's sister, yes. Maleva's mother and mm. father, even Albert's friends, they're mm-hmm. all just like, who cares about mm-hmm. this baby? Like, and they they're all saying the same thing to these two people, but. 
those two people still have love for one another and they still feel the constant between the two that they need yes. to be he together. He was in love with her mind. And they that's why are. that yeah. scene in the train station is so moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, the director, Mickey Spiro, literally stops time as she says yes to him in the train station. Yeah. And you go through these incredible so highs and lows. You, Everyone's against having the baby and against their marriage, and then you see them come together in a twist. And her eyes were lighting up. It yes. was a beautiful scene. We will talk more about Maleva and Albert's reunion. Alfred's yes. reunion in a minute. Uh, but first, I'm going to have Kate to Elizabeth to introduce <gasps> our amazing, amazing guest Well, today. so well, we are lucky people yes, because we we're Skyping from London live today we have actor Michael Micklehatton, and I think he's Skyping from his home there. Michael, thank you yes. for joining us. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. How's it going? I, Hello. Can you see me? We can. We can see We've got you, fine <laughs> sir. I can't. Am I meant to see you? Am I? <laughs> you, you are not. You are not. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Okay. okay. <laughs> I want to do a quick introduction because uh, the list of what you do is ever so great. So all of our fans watching today might know you best from Roose Bolton in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But of course, you've done some incredible things this year alone. So you've been in the feature film The Zookeeper's Wife. And then, of course, you have this extremely critical role of playing physicist... Uh, Philip um, Leonard. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Philip Leonard, the really anti Semitic voice of the Genius series. So, uh, welcome today. Thanks for Skyping with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, we all have questions for you. I'll quickly round about, I'll do my host. This is Joelle, and this is Louisa, and this is Zach. And we're all dying to know what was the atmosphere like on set? Because you have this incredible cast, and then, of course, you've been working with the likes of Ron Howard, Brian Grazier, and again, Minky Spiro. I'll mention that director. So, what was it like on set and working with those people? Uh, well, we got to film in beautiful Prague, which mm. was, is always a huge Ooh. bonus. Uh, and we were able to work with a lot of you know, real locations and real sets and real buildings and stuff like that. So that was a real, real joy. And the atmosphere really from the get-go, set by Ron Howard and Ken Biller, was um, a tremendous one, a really collaborative uh, set with all the actors and and particularly you know the makeup plays a huge role in this mm-hmm. uh, series as you'll see as, as so many characters age throughout the 10 eps uh, and costume but it was uh, you know we were all so excited by the story it was a brilliant script and uh a really, really positive atmosphere on set, so it was a joy. Yeah. Now it's amazing. I'll just say a quick note. You mentioned makeup, but you do have a, a bit of a striking resemblance to uh, Philip himself. Uh, well, I guess maybe that was one of the reasons I um, I probably got cast. Uh, he had a lot more hair than me, um, but um, but yeah, I um, there is a resemblance, and also I. Well, I, I think I go from like 38 to 80 in this series throughout oh, wow. the time. Wow. Incredible. That's exciting. So, and the makeup is extraordinary. Yes, extraordinary, as you'll see it as it goes along. All the details are really extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you had mentioned how positive it was working on the set. Um, going from such a positive, how uh, did you prepare for Philip Leonard, who is for lack of a better word, a huge anti-Semite uh, voice within the series to date. Um, I mean, it's great to work on the set with all these positive figures, but then you have to come in and, and just be this, this, uh, this you know, uh, SOB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I had something great to say there now. I've forgotten. Yeah. Um, he was, yes, he was. He was a dreadful, dreadful anti-Semite, but... Um, 
I read there was a book called The Man Who Stalked Einstein, and I read that, and that was particularly about the relationship yeah. between him and Einstein. Okay. And uh, uh, read as much as I could, and really, I think the the kind of hook for me getting involved really was Ken Biller, the the showrunner, who said he's look, he's the Salieri to Einstein's Mozart. <laughs> that was a, that was a pretty 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 good hook. That's a good really. hook for you right there. Yeah. But yes, it was, it was. I mean, you don't play. You know, you have to play him as a, as a real man and a, a man who was. A genius himself, quite quite a brilliant, brilliant physicist, and hugely regarded by his peers, and and thought of as a genius by Albert Einstein in his early days, and by Malevin um, Marich, his first wife. So um, back then, I think he probably was not the corrupted, twisted, jealous man that he became, and that's kind of his great tragedy, really, because. Um, he was a man who spent really the last 20, 30 years of his life consumed with jealousy and envy mm. of Einstein and did everything in his power to, you know, have him removed from the history books, uh, prevent yeah. him from getting the Nobel Prize. Um, obviously, he cited, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I don't know if we can. Can we say uh, what happens later in the series on this? Uh, I mean, it's history. Yeah, we kind of know what happens. We kind of know what happens. Yeah. But, uh, the, yes, I mean, doing the anti-Semitic stuff was was very difficult actually it was very very chilling it's i can imagine it's interesting when you read it read it on the page it's it's very dramatic we've seen yeah. it in films but when it came to, when you came to play it it yeah it was quite chilling actually mm-hmm. because it was done so matter of fact by mm-hmm. all those characters yeah it was just so out in the open in the time yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it wasn't done with a the twirling of a moustache or anything like that it was just what these, <laughs> wow. these people believed yeah. and, and that ma- makes it all the more chilling actually yeah but it's yeah but he, you know he, he's a, he, he's a, he was a terribly tortured flawed flawed okay. flawed man uh who was it was deeply deeply unhappy and he really picked the, the wrong scientist to try and take down i mean it was he really couldn't have picked anyone worse over the day you know over two centuries yeah, yeah. um and it's such a tragedy that he was so pro-German science and wrote this book, Deutsche Physik, uh, which, which you know, just talked about the great, great uh, German scientists of uh, in, in the history of Germany. And he omitted Einstein and Marie Curie from wow. from the book hmm. and that he couldn't see him as a German scientist. He just saw him as a Jewish, a scientist. Jewish scientist. Wow. Do you have a favorite fact about Philip? I mean, he's a fascinating character, even for all of his uh, cruelty in his life. And I'm wondering if there's anything he stumbled upon that's maybe kind of uh, lesser known that you found really interesting about the character. And I would add to that about Einstein as well, since you were working in depth with both characters. Um, I think, well, with Einstein, I think, I mean, look, there's so many amazing facts, really, about him. I think just the fact that he had such a battle and such a struggle throughout his life, being who he was and trying to be accepted and trying to break through that glass ceiling, a man with new ideas coming up against a deeply rigid um, system. Uh, You know, he put his hand up and said, listen, you know, Newton, I know it's 200 years ago, 200 years old, but he's wrong. I'm right and he's wrong. (laughs) I can understand And I'm 20. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he he battled with that. It took him 10 years to prove relativity. It was a very, very difficult thing to prove. He, it took him so long to gather all the facts and all the information. Uh, two world wars. He had me in Germany. And then when he went to America, he had Hoover. Mm-hmm. So he really 
had an awful, a great amount of battles and nemesises throughout his life. And who were And I found that anyway? pretty fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and about Philip? myself, yeah. really. Yeah, how about yourself? Oh, um, <laughs> what did I do? I mean, I thought a fascinating thing was about, I mean, I, I love doing the scenes, the scenes of my wife and I've seen mm. my son and stuff like that where you see the man behind, the private man who is deeply tortured and he had a son who died and so many of those characters had Einstein had a child who died or two mm. children that died um, Maleva did um, his second wife Elsa had a child that died Max Planck's daughter died wow. my son died all of those characters, all the main, main lead characters all had to suffer the death of children which is in this day and age quite shocking to us I know it happens right. but yeah. It was a kind of a common thing throughout all of them, really. So I did really feel for him as regards that, if you know what I mean. And uh, uh, But I had never heard of Philip Leonard before, like most people, actually. Yeah. Um, so all of him was fascinating to me, really. Is there anything that you learned about yourself on set? Again, maybe from Ron, Ron Howard or maybe from Minky Spiro, but something that you came to learn about the process of acting or about yourself as you were working with all these other wonderful uh, characters and people? Oh, I think you look, I think you always, you're always learning, trying to learn, learn something. I can't think of anything particularly uh, specific, but um, try and work with the best because mm -hmm. they will bring out the best in you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's good, why this job was... A very very special thing from from all concerned you know Michael I want to know overall how was it working with Brian Grazer and Ron Howard directing the first pilot the first um, well I've never met Brian Grazer oh. I know he was out on set but he, he wasn't there when I was there so I've never met him um, but he sounds like a lovely man um, <laughs> and I've heard of and he's, he's really really smart and Ron was uh, you know it's you know obviously highly regarded as one of the nicest guys in the business but he was so positive. Uh, he knows his stuff backwards, and I was amazed at how fast he was when we were shooting. We always shot with three cameras, oh. and he had really, really specific notes. We moved really, really fast, and I think of all the directors who worked on, on the show, I think he was, without doubt, the fastest. We did sometimes two takes, and we were done, and we moved on, and wow. he said, no, I got it. I know it. <laughs> and that was, He's a man who knows like, what he wants, yeah. and he gets it right away. And I'm yeah, and he knows, and, and that's, that gives you great confidence because a, a director who knows when they have it and to move on and he does and um, I think the proof of the first episode certainly showed that didn't it? it certainly does and yeah. what do you attribute that to is it because he preps you so much in advance that by the time you get to the take you really only need one or two I mean was he big at sort of directing you heavily in the beginning and then letting you take it or no 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 he wasn't i think i think you know he you know you he, you know you're expected really you're, you've been cast you're expected to know your lines and turn up and have done the work really you're not trying to work out your character's mm. motivation at this kind of things they're just tiny minutiae uh, little little things on the phrasing or you know highlighting a different point or something like that so you work really 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 fast um but sometimes, you know, you work with directors, you might do seven, eight, nine, ten takes. Sometimes it depends on the shot. But he was really fast in all of them, actually. So, um, but it was, yeah, it was a joy. It was a joy. It was a joy to work with. That sounds thrilling. I'm yeah. curious, as an actor, what draws you to these kind of, like, uh, dark, cool oh, characters? Yeah, between between characters. Yes. Bolton and Professor Philip. Yeah. seen you do, is it, Listen, is it what's I coming want up? Listen, I want to play nice uncles. You want to play nice. They just don't want to know. Nice I think that the dark and deep characters are the really more interesting ones to delve into, I would think, as an actor. 
Yeah, well, it, I mean, I don't, I, I suppose, look, the, the, the role I'm probably most famous for, obviously, is, is Ruse Bolton, and uh, now this is a pretty significant role, but they're, they're, they're fascinating characters, and this is a fascinating guy, and of course, you don't play them as moustache-twirling buddies, you play them as guys who believe in what they believe in, which mm. is their, you know, their their nationality, and, and their right, and their education, and what they're forging for, uh, you have to play them as real passionate uh, characters who want what they want and uh, and then you see the flaws and and the the, the insanity that that led to his joining Hitler and his anti-semitism and his blaming of, of many I think he claimed that he should have had you know in in, in F2 where he wants and and three where he feels responsible for Runkin's um, x-ray that he was mm. you know wants recognition for that I think he claimed he wanted recognition for some of Marie Curie's discoveries mm. um, and to a degree I can you know it's it a lot of those people who won those Nobel Prizes and scientists and it still happens today that they are building on years and years of work of other scientists yeah. and they yeah. take it to the next level so it, it kind of is unfair that one person just gets 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 goes down in the history books and gets all the money and all the fame it is really unfair and i understand that i suppose the music industry and the film industry are like that as well yeah. um so you can understand his frustration but unfortunately that's the way it is and you have to accept it and he just was unable to accept that but of course he does go down in history as getting a nobel prize in 1905 i believe Philip Leonard. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he does. does get his he own is eventually. Yeah. No, no, I mean he was he was a hugely successful guy. He was, you know, highly highly regarded. He won a Nobel Prize and um greatly greatly respected, but we don't we don't remember his name and and it's interesting towards the end of the series when even when the Americans were coming in and they were trying to get people like Heisenberg out and various people um, out to come to to America to work on the bomb, they weren't interested in Philip Leonard. He was an old fossil, mm. you know. He was he was past it, and people know the name Max Planck and um, Niels Bohr and um, uh, so many of the other scientists that are in this, but nobody knows about Philip Leonard. It's mm. interesting. And he would be literally turning in his grave, grave right now. <laughs> well, I'm sure it has to do with uh, how anti-Semitic he was. Uh, I mean, they yeah. brought over Einstein, uh, and in what was it, the first episode mm -hmm. uh, or the second episode when um, uh, they're like, Hoover wants you to come over here. Second episode. The second episode, yeah, and they're like, but we have to ask you about your ex-wife Malavia and her. Uh, yeah, that's the end of the first to, step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm sure it has to do something with how he was uh, for Hitler and everything, and you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Hitler didn't want to let him in the United yeah, States. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Totally. 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 Yeah. Is yeah. there anything? But they were all. I mean, Heisenberg was working with for Hitler. You know. Yeah. So, but but he was young and he was relevant and he was. He was a much younger man, but my, my guy was 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 um, rigid and old, stuck for, in his ways. Yeah, jaded and old. And, uh, <laughs> Of no use to them, so yeah. that must have uh, must have really stung, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything that you'd like the audience to take away from this series that, either from all the production values, which again I have to highlight, are just so great. Mm. The use of lighting and editing. I mean, everything really mm. in this series is so beautiful and top notch. It really does even look like it's made for a period movie. And you've been cut so well when you're in the scene pleading for your colleagues to write to the Nobel mm. Prize people oh, and, yeah. and sort of oh, yes. encourage yeah. them to go your way for that first Nobel Prize. The light behind you and the light on your face and the over-the-shoulder takes are really just so well done. Um, 
So it's just a first class series all the way through, but I was wondering if there's anything you'd like the audience to take away either from the content or the production values. Well, I just, you know, I really hope they are entertained by the whole 10 hours, really. I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic story, and most people probably know very little about Einstein. They know he was a brilliant man. They know he was a genius. They know he had crazy hair, but probably very little <laughs> apart from that. And it is a fascinating life, and it is a brilliantly told story, uh, and it shows Einstein, you know, uh, the flawed man that he is with all his... Um, uh, all the different facets of him exposed, and I think that story alone I hope really what it's setting out to do is to entertain and hopefully educate and maybe get people interested in science and I think that's one of the the really interesting things about it when science is discussed and he is thinking things you do lean in and want to know more it does it doesn't alienate you it's not some stuffy guy writing on a blackboard talking about equations you don't understand and that's and a I huge think, point that we've been talking about on this panel is the fact that they're able to take uh, this beautiful story of, of Einstein, of, of how his genius, and translate it into a romanticized uh, bohemian story where mm. we get to see his behind life, but still incorporate science, and we could actually understand it and take it in and not be this, like, oh, I'm bored, I'm shutting off, I'm just not going to watch anymore. You know, yeah. they, they pair yeah. the two together beautifully. Yeah. I had no idea he was such a ladies' man. <laughs> romantic. <laughs> that, rom yeah, romantic. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, he did. Like, yes, lesson. look, he did have a huge amount of affairs even you know when in his second marriage and all that kind of thing but the women he loved he was with them you know he loved them dearly and you know particularly Maleva and uh, Elsa were hugely important to the formation of, of that man and who he was particularly science with Maleva in the early days and and Elsa without a doubt managed him and gave him structure um, the home and the structure that he needed and and you know cultivated that look that he had mm -hmm. you know i think she was kind of his manager really so she was the one um, who uh, had the idea for the crazy hair then <laughs> well i, I think it was probably it was nurtured a, a little bit like you know it, it certainly wasn't uh, pushed the other way yeah. so um it, it wasn't you know he and you know some I think press have gone, oh, it's a bit, it was a bit of a, an unfortunate opening. I thought it was a fantastic opening to see Einstein in that way, and but not as a sleazy Lothario, as a guy who truly believed, listen, I can love all you women at the same time. <laughs> that was my monogamy. Yeah, yeah. Something that's yeah. been fun for me is to discover his passion for life. So yes, you see him with women, and yes, you see him with science, but he maintains this curiosity about every facet of life and I love to see that passion come through and that passion is what's really drawn me then circle round back to the science yeah. so I, again I think they yeah. do a great job of bringing it all together yeah and I, I think I think you know that that, that that thirst and that hunger for mm -hmm. how do things work and there's a great quote at the start of Walter Isaacson's book and you know life is like riding a bicycle you know um, you got to keep your balance there. but you yeah. know you got to keep moving forward by to keep your balance and it's mm -hmm. like don't be frightened of change don't be frightened of the future go out and look and ask questions and it's a brilliant philosophy really if we could all adapt to that would be great the world probably would be a better place yeah, did the cast have to actually read that book did the cast uh, <laughs> we didn't have to read 600 pages and some of us will <laughs> well, before we let you go, I want to ask a really brief question that I've been asking all the actors who come on our shows. Uh, everybody seems to have different uh, makeup chair rituals. I talked to Louis Tan a couple days ago. He has a bunch of different playlists. Zoe Saldana is very chatty in the chair. Do you have a specific routine when you're going under all the makeup? 
uh, it's, it entirely depends. I've never had so much makeup apart from from this because, as I say, you know, towards the end of the show, I I was in makeup for about two and a half, three hours. My goodness. Um, so it really can de- depend on the time of the day, but generally, it's having lots of chats and laughing and uh, having a good time with the fantastic makeup girls. Really, um, <laughs> sometimes might be just chilling back, listening to some music. It all depends, but no, no, I don't. No ritual, really. Yeah, shout cool. out to Davina Lamont. She did the makeup. Yes. Yeah, you'll uh, be hearing a lot of her. <laughs> yeah. Are there any show, other shows or upcoming events that you would like our fan base to know about? Uh, what else is coming up that I'm doing? I have loads of stuff that's out. Uh, there's King Arthur, which is out tomorrow. Yes. I oh. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So exciting. And then later on in the year, I've got another couple of... There's one show I'm not going to mention again, but um, <laughs> I did a movie. Uh, yeah, I did a movie which I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, called The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Ooh, oh, wow. that's a cast. That is, oh, yeah. I will see that. That's a thriller. And, okay. uh, I'm really, and it's directed by Martin Campbell, who did uh, Casino Royale and Golden Eyes. Ooh, so, um, yeah. very excited to see that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, definitely check those out, fans. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Yay. wonderful talking with you. Very Lovely Thank to you so hear much. your Irish accent come through, too. <laughs> we love it. So thanks for joining yes, us no today. Yes, no more <laughs> no German. Yes, no more German. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so Bye. much. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, guys. We've got the first of all. What a gem! Amazing! Awesome. What a gem! So much information. So Thanks humble. for joining us. Yeah, oh I love getting gosh. the behind the scenes info. Yes. I love hearing yeah. his takes on Philip, who's really you know a, a complicated character. You can completely understand as he was saying when he, you're seeing the tubes and he asks yeah. the guy for parts. You understand yeah. why he feels left out. His damage is yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Because he's building off of and his because own science work. does build That's off of others' work. So yes, you can see the confusion and. If you are a sort of jealous, angry person, that would inflame you. Yeah. And I love the way they portrayed it because it was exciting to us to watch him discover this moment of X-ray, to see the light reflecting off the paper, to see his wife be like, "What is happening?" Yes. And I've, I've seen she, my own death. Yeah, yeah. I've seen my own yes. death. I wrote that quote down. I thought yes. that was so just impactful. As if her uh, like spirit had been stolen. the first time. I mean, I mean, in, se- in, in essence, that she's the first person to see like mm. her bones through her skin, like in an X-ray, minus whatever Philip might have seen in the yeah. past. But like. To see that, and she's probably not a scientific person. I mean, right. she must be mortified, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's my hand. And couldn't yeah. the actress who played it, because I, I believed her mortification. Oh, my God, yeah. And then, so so we get that moment where I feel like it's a moment of discovery, and you feel the impact of the moment, the, the change in history that happens at this point, and you understand why, you know, the laureates would want to honor him with this award. Like, you've yeah. done something great for humanity. Um, and, of course, we get the shaving scene with Phil. Well, the moment he gets, he, he, first he petitions his colleagues to say, hey, like, mm. you can stop this. Like, for, he's a Jew, and, you know, he doesn't know what he's, he's doing. Not even, he's not, he's a not Jew, even though. a Jew, which that, is crazy. Uh, he has a Jewish scene. heart. He has yes. a Jewish he's heart. Right. Jewish yes. heart. I could not believe yes. I was just yeah. waiting. I was waiting for him to be shaving, and then, like, just something happen, and he nick himself, and just blood come down, and, like, be resembling something. And the wife looked at him like, what are you saying? Even the wife was The way they shot that in the mirror, we've we've always seen them like head on. They're always they're always engaging, and they're always on the same page. And you see this stark fracture in that moment. Yes, where he's she's perpendicular to him, giving him a look like. Something's yeah. very. I don't wrong even know you anymore. You. Yeah. that's right. I think yes. he like was crazy. Also chilling. Yeah, it was crazy. It was there was scariness in his eyes. It was amazing. It, it was an amazing, yeah. amazing moment. Um, other things that were chilling. I, poor Maleva's journey. This oh, whole episode oh just tore my heart. Different. From her father 
spring attacking her with job interviews. Right. When she isn't prepared, when she doesn't really know what's happening and yet. And she's at, at least eight months, if not nine months pregnant yeah. at that yeah. point. Yes. To, to having to travel by herself while pregnant and the unwed and, and the shame of Ugh. that. And when waiting for Albert. Yeah. When she covered her hand, she covered her hand. When the hotel clerk, yeah. Oh, he noticed she had no ring and yeah. she felt so embarrassed. And, and she and has no word from Albert, so she's really left in the dark wondering. And mm-hmm. her father's putting all of these negative thoughts into her mind, so mm-hmm. she's just spinning. Her head's just spinning with, where's Albert? What's he doing? Mm-hmm. The father had so much planned for her. Mm. And she just, that's how her... Well, it's interesting. The father is, is an interesting character to me because he he believes in this ideal of women's liberation. But when it comes time for his daughter to make her own decisions, he's constantly cutting her we off. Just like he did his wife we saw earlier in the I mean, season. he got her that, um, the job, he got her essentially a teaching job mm-hmm. with uh, her old professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like undermining her. Absolutely. Completely. Absolutely. It's just an ideal to me. He doesn't live it in no. practice. And I, and I really appreciate showing characters like that because I think there's, you know, oh, not a lot, but there, there are guys who are like, I'm a feminist and then have no idea like what mm-hmm. living that life actually means. Um, and I think that's important. And poor Maleva, as we say in the hotel, you know, she has to cover her hand. And then we also yeah. get this moment when Albert finally does come. She says, how can you be so careless with right. my heart? How, how do you know you can't possibly imagine what it was like for me to travel? And Albert is so damn charming. I was just he is. Okay, I that scene. He knows what to say. Oh, I darling, know. I was distracted with our minds together and all these things. But, but he believes it. He I does. believe he it's absolutely true believes and it. genuine. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. so passionate. Uh, the, he's such a romantic, uh, romanticist. Uh, the... I, I look. It's like looking through a keyhole uh, into our future. I mean, that line when he's sitting on the bed, he's like, "I love, <laughs> I y'all. love you, Maleva. You are, I, you are my love, love I, of my life." And I it's know. absolutely, it's man, yeah, it touched yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, you, you're yeah, like, it's take like, me with you, Albert. Yeah. Like, I'm in love with you now. <laughs> yeah. Although, <laughs> yeah. I think we all are. Although there were several people dur- throughout the show called him selfish. I believe Maleva's father mm-hmm. called him selfish, and then Maleva herself Her called him selfish. His friends and also his, his and sister, I think, her mother. Do you think um, Albert's been selfish? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Look, here's the do thing. You? I don't think he was necessarily... Like, look, you want to follow your passions, but you you did take two to tango, man. You you got this girl on top. You haven't done anything right by her. You haven't been there for her but the whole time. he's been trying. Well... He's trying to get that job. He really distance, is. In, like, here's the thing. To me, it wouldn't be... Like, he... Just point where he, he is selfish. I don't think he's a bad man, but I do think he was selfish. You could have tried to get a job in Serbia. You could have tried to be there at least for the birth, man. Yeah. Like you're a train right away, which maybe back in a couple days, but still, like you you didn't do anything to be you couldn't be there for the baptism. Like you, yeah. you missed that entire yes. child's life, the entire life of your baby. Yeah. Short life. That, and, Short and, life, and yeah. you left Maleva to deal with and defend you all by herself. Yes. Um while you were essentially out partying and like coming up with fancy ideas, which it is beautiful and thank God you were thinking and we get to have your ideas, but man, you left that woman well, hanging. This is the, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, he told his sister, I'm afraid to marry her because I think my career won't take mm-hmm. off. Yeah, I'm right. afraid I I'm won't have fly. wings. I'm yeah. right. I won't take flight. Um, yes. It's a testament to who he is. And I mentioned this, I think in the first episode where uh, we see him slip on shoes. Mm. Again, we see him slip on shoes no again. Socks. <laughs> no socks. This is a man who has the universe in his mind but mm-hmm. doesn't Literally. know how like it, it's known that he's not he doesn't know how to it's tie his own shoes he's so, so 
all over the place. I mean, this it's it's true to his character. I get why he's doing what he's doing. His sister said it best. If it's not right here in front exactly. of his face, it's just not, it's not in not his thought process. No. And that, yeah, that leads to selfishness. There's but only I, so much you could have in this. In this I want to finish up with Maliva's story really quick. So, Go for it. Uh, as we kind of spoiled already, uh, their child dies, and Maliva. Mm. We mentioned that she tries to give the child to her friend and then immediately rescinds. Oh, yes, wow. and she's struggling with oh, that emotional pregnancy. Yeah. I think at that moment, yeah. she right? goes into yeah. labor. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, she says, "No, no, never mind. Forget I said it." She goes into labor, and of course, we see the baby and we see her, and it's an instant yes. mother connection. She, yeah, she's transformed, she's so and it's yeah. beautiful. She gets baptized. The baby is sick. We hear what it sounds like whooping cough. Of course, we have no yeah. idea what right. it is for sure. Um, but the burial scene, guys, destroyed me. I was done. I was out. I, it was to shoot from that low angle as if you're in the grave and just seeing, um, like, you, to, to see her go through all of that, have the baby, and then lose it. And then yeah. still not have Albert Harry. And the dad life. thinking it's a sign from the universe to pursue oh, her Oh, my God. A dead yeah. baby is not a He's gift, like, y'all. Yeah. Not the right time to yeah. say that. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nothing is going for her. Horrible. She yes. doesn't have, I mean, she doesn't have her father, but she really doesn't have a friend in the world. Mm. Everything is against her. And the burden that she carries, and again, played by Samantha Coley, just oh, incredible acting. Fabulously. Yeah. So then Albert comes after he such a for his father. He comes and grand apology proposes uh guys is any are either of them emotionally capable of making this life-changing decision of marriage at this point was, was it just me who was like maybe both of you should like i think they should take a second i think it has yeah. a lot to do with the father dying and giving him the blessing yeah, yeah absolutely oh, totally. you know, because the mom oh. hated her the mom the mom called her she's a nasty little witch mm-hmm. she's yeah. not even jewish and he's like what does that matter she's a human being yeah I disagree. I really felt, (laughs) I'm so glad the two of you are not following anyone else and you're going after exactly what your heart wants. They've been waiting for each other. I mean, Albert also has every reason not to go towards Maleva. Everyone's telling him not to. He's got this bon vivant life. He's trying to follow physics. I don't think there were any good teaching positions in Serbia. That's I don't know that for a fact, but I'm thinking that's why he didn't go Probably to not, Serbia. Yeah. Um, and then Maleva, of course, as a woman, she'll never be able to follow her dreams if you know mm-hmm. she has a baby and settles down and becomes this housewife. But the two of them really feel that they, it's the two of them against the world. And I want to see that develop. I feel that is such a beautiful ideal, and it, it goes along with Alfred's, uh, Albert's uh, Bohemian ways. <laughs> <Who's> but <Alfred? laughs> I know, I, the, the names are terrible for me. Um, but, but then we see the reverse of that, which is if you're going to live this life with her, you have to have money and have a job. And that patent office is every cubicle I've ever worked in oh, for like God. three months, and then re- I can't do cubicles. Oh, anxiety, the, the the music at the end of <laughs> yes. it. He was just like it was like he was back in the. Um, it was death. It was death. It was and, back and, in that yeah. classroom again in the beginning. He literally hadn't started his day, and it was over. He was like, I can't. I don't yeah. know what's yes, happening. Yes, but here. didn't he have his notebook right there so you could see? Whereas all the rest of the bureaucrats are like doing crossword puzzles or whatever. This mm-hmm. was going to be Albert's chunk of time mm-hmm. to do his work. There's all I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's do really very quick 30-second uh, predictions okay. for next Ooh, week. Okay. Your okay. After Buzz TV predictions. And we'll just go around rapid fire. Okay. Go. Starting with Zach. What you got? Okay, cool. Um, next week, because uh, we didn't really get too many flashbacks, I think we're going to go back to the mm. few present, not present, the 1940s uh, with uh, Einstein. Uh, to see a little bit more of his future and what's going on in that present time with the Nazis and Germany and everything. Mm. Yes. It'll be great to get some Jeffrey Rush back in there. So I think yes, that's I coming down the pipeline. I, and, I miss uh, him, yes. As much as I want that marriage, because mm. I think they're following their hearts, it's going to implode, so that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rooting for Mileva. I mm-hmm. want her to go back to school and pursue her career. Yeah. Okay, right on. I, like uh, I think that we learn more about Albert's 
and how he gets out of things. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen anybody get out of more like blame than Albert. He's he's Poor constantly guy. wiggling his way out of out of bad situations to, to prosper, which is incredible. Um, and I want to learn his tricks. Smart guy, taking yeah. lessons. Smart guy. Uh, until next week, where can the folks find you? Uh, my name is Zach Silverman. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Zach with the C-H Silverman 2. I also have a website, thezachsilverman.com. Hey, everybody. You can find me, Elizabeth Alfano, on Twitter and Instagram at Dinner Party CHGO. And I have some interviews with Kevin Spacey and Jeremy Piven coming up. They'll be on my website. Mm. Yay, thedinnerparty.tv. Check it next week. Hey, everyone. I'm Louisa Sharamatian. You can find me on Instagram at Nobody Reads Anymore and on Twitter at Nobody Reads. Hey guys, I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique every week at blackgirlnerds.com. Check out my interview with Lewis Tan right here on the AfterBuzz TV network. Amazing, amazing person. Super great interview. Um, my interview with the Behemoth Bell should be coming out tomorrow. And I interviewed my mama for Mother's Ooh, Day for Black yes. Girl Nerds. Yes. All the Black Girl Nerds yes. talking to their moms and how they handed down the nerdiness to us, I believe, this Sunday. Uh, we've been AfterBuzz TV. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Buzz you later. Buzz you later, people. From executive producer. <laughs> Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 